Welcome to the 369th episode of the Jamie Delaney Plant-Based Wellness Podcast. My name is Jamie Delaney, and I'm your host. I'm a plant-based cardiologist and endurance athlete living in Southwest Florida. Welcome, and thank you for listening. Well, the California International Marathon 2021 is in the books. I finished not quite as quickly as I would have liked, and we'll talk all about that this podcast, but I did finish um, with a time of four hours and 41 minutes. Uh, certainly not my fastest, certainly not my slowest, um, but no injury, so that's all good. So welcome. If you're new to the podcast, I talk about plant-based nutrition, wellness, exercise, endurance, athletics, and this was the first marathon of the year. We did a 50K and a swim run, and now we're just finished the, the, the marathon. This is, I believe, the fifth time I've done the California International Marathon. We do the VIP package. If Darlene ever listens to this podcast, good shout out. That's a great package to run. They have uh, a nice pre-race dinner followed by a coach um, Greyhound-type bus to take you out to the start line, a heated tent while you wait. You run the marathon. You They meet you at the finish line. You go into the Sutter House, which is right at the finish line by the Capitol Building in Sacramento. Have a breakfast, see some people, say hi, and uh, go on your merry way. So it was a great event. Um, again, I highly recommend the VIP experience if you uh, ever do the race. The... COVID canceled the race last year, so uh, this year they had the race. They didn't have the 5K tune-up, so we did that kind of on our own on Saturday morning. And, um, you know, we come from Florida where it was – we've had some cooler weather in Florida down in the 50s, but this was our first um, weekend in the 40s. So it's a little bit of shock to the system. It's better running in the 40s, but I am a warm-weather runner, so uh, I don't like being all that cold. But nevertheless – um, there we were. So we did our shakeout run. I felt great. We did our traditional walk to the farmer's market and, uh, picked up some great produce, carrots, persimmons, cucumbers, just things you could eat in the hotel room. Um, plums. I think that was all we picked up. Got our oatmeal, um, got a few bagels to take back to the room, chilled out, watched some football, watched, um, Houston in the championship game, go Houston. And then we went to the pasta dinner or the pre-race dinner. Um, They did have pasta. They had a marinara sauce, vegan. I believe she has it for us because I don't think there are too many vegans there. They also had yellow sweet potatoes, which were great. And, you know, a big salad with all the the fixings. And, uh, oh, we also got some mandarins at at the farmer's market. So, had a p- early pre-race dinner about 4:35 and uh, shut it down. We try to stay on Eastern Standard Time so that you know when you get up at 3:30 uh, in the morning to go to the race, you feel like it's you know three hours later. So it was kind of six, so it, six o'clock in the morning Eastern Time. So it wasn't that bad. And went to the heated tent and uh, waited for the start line. It's been it was a little bit foggy, and we took off. I always have the four-hour time in my head. Uh, The last time I ran CIM, I did 404. Theoretically, knocking four minutes off is not that big of a stretch, but I hadn't really been training at that pace that I needed to run. But I felt pretty good. I 
my VO2 max, for what that's worth, is, is the highest it's been in a long time. It's 51. So I kind of felt like nothing was injured. As I said on the last race report, I decided to go with the Newton running shoes. And I've only worn those for about probably, I think I did a seven miler in them and then maybe, um, you know, three or, more, three or four or four five mile runs. I just wanted to wear a road shoe. Um, I was afraid of the Hoka Carbon X. I was afraid that they just wouldn't be quite, they're just more of a bulky shoe than I'm used to wearing. And I didn't want to wear my trail shoes. So I decided to go with the Newtons, knowing full well that I was not going to pl- complain if there was an issue with them. Um, shouldn't do anything on race day that you haven't already run a long run in. So I was breaking a cardinal rule. It's not the first time I've broken one of those rules in marathon running, but uh, I decided to go ahead and break it again. So I wore the Newton shoes. I wore my Exoskin toe socks, fabulous socks. You don't get any blisters with those things if you can help it. Um, wore my rabbit short. I am part of, shorts. I am part of the Rad Rabbit um, uh, team, and so I supported them with my Rad Rad Rabbit buff as well. And I wore my Jamie Delaney plant based wellness T shirt. So that was my dress of the day for the forty five degree temperatures. Now, I do have experience back in my third marathon in Paris of dressing light for the weather and having to walk and almost freezing to death. I have really bad memories of that. Uh, And this race was a little bit cool. But using California, it starts out cold and warms up as you go. It wasn't supposed to warm up that much, but it wasn't supposed to, you know, it might have been 50 by the time, theoretically, by the time we finished. And I, I thought, again, at running the pace that I was hoping to run, I, I thought that that would be be fine. Um, you know, people talk about uh, training running two minutes slower than your anticipated um, run time. That's never really... Uh, worked out for me. I, I kind of end up running what I train for. I don't know if I just get so ingrained in that that pace, but uh, nevertheless, um, I was I was hoping that I could hold a little faster pace than I had been training. I've been training about nine thirties, nine thirty fives, nine forties, pretty easy. Um, thought that it wouldn't be that that bad to you know, especially with the cooler weather, to, to run a little bit faster. The thing that was new, we had done the swim run before the CIM in the past. No, we hadn't. No, we haven't. That's the first time. Um, I take that back. Last year we did the swim run, but we didn't do CIM. The year that I had the 404 and the CIM, we did not do the swim run um, event. And we didn't do a 50K uh, the month before that. So I, I had a couple races that um, uh, were th- were flung in there. Uh, I guess you might say I'm getting a little cocky that I think I can recover from some of these races quicker than maybe I do. Um, And in retrospect, maybe I was a little bit more fatigued than I should have uh, or realized that I, that I was. Um, For people that know me, I don't have much downtime. We usually run and go do something else. There's no running and going and sitting on the couch and recovering in this house. So there's always something to do. So yard projects, class, podcast, you name it. Um, I'm usually up and about and doing something. So there's never really any big downtime. After the 50K, um, I took a few days off and then went back to running easy. 
and knew that I didn't really have to run anything long for the swim run. The longest distance that we ran, well, the swim run total distance running was 15 miles. So I knew I didn't have to have a big, long run in trails and we ran slower. So I really wasn't worried about that distance at all. I was trying to think ahead to the CIM marathon. Um, and you know, we might've done some 15 milers, but nothing really, really long and certainly no speed work. So then we finished the swim run and again, took a little bit of a week break and then slowly kind of amped up, but not really amping up with any kind of program in mind, so to speak. Um, running during the week, I usually run someplace between four to seven miles before the swim run. I was swimming two days a week after the swim run. I swam one day, but for the most part went back to running. And, um, so I was doing reasonable mileage, but not marathon training PR type mileage, kind of coming back. But anyway, I, I, I thought my, uh, endurance was like, again, I thought my endurance was pretty good. Um, so uh, on with the on the with the run to pick up your packet at the CIM Expo. You had to have a negative COVID test, even though I have had COVID and have full immunity that's lasting and durable. Um, but that's okay. But we had to time it, so I went to CVS, got my COVID test, and uh, on Thursday, and then we left for Friday to go to the to the race and um, hope that I wouldn't have a false positive and have to explain myself. It was nice at the expo. They actually had a COVID testing site outside. So in case something went wrong, I could have done the best out of two, perhaps. Again, I had no symptoms. The funny thing was on the airplane, uh, we got our COVID test back and, you know, I was looking and pulling it up and there was a lady sitting next to me and she was, I was like, oh, I got my COVID test back. And she kind of was panicking and I said, it's negative, you know? And so she said, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, so most of the people we ran into, um, out along the race were still pretty COVID scared. Um, so we, we kind of were, you know, we're just chilling again. We feel very comfortable. Uh, I feel very comfortable in my lasting immunity from having had COVID, but anywho, um, the morning of the race had my usual Kate bar and a half a banana and my coffee. It's what I usually do. And we decided to line up, or I guess I got to call and decided to line up at the nine minute per mile pace group. They took off and we kind of got separated from them pretty quick. Um, and you know, it's okay. We'll just run my own pace. Again, when I ran my best marathon, I just looked at the pacers feet and just followed them for 20, 20 miles. So I didn't have his feet to follow, but I, I felt okay, but I just wasn't quite, you know, it wasn't easy. It should be easy in the beginning, and it wasn't quite easy. It wasn't that hard, but it wasn't easy, and I just didn't have, you know, what you'd say, a good rhythm. But I always call myself a diesel. I, feel like, I felt like that, you know, give myself a couple miles, you know, things might loosen up, I'll get better. I didn't feel bad. I just didn't feel great. Um... And we started out, and my heart rate got up pretty good. Um, it was one, you know, high 140s, uh, 150s. 150s, when I get there, that's starting to get up to the point where I'm going to be anaerobic. And so I don't like to stay there very long at the beginning of a race. So that was a bad predictor for me that I was having to have a heart rate that high to maintain a pace of that. So, um, Again, usually I train in a heart rate of 130s to 140, not 140s to 150. So I knew that was not going to be such a a good thing. And, um, you know, realized I was probably going to have to slow the pace down because of it. 
And if you look at my age and my heart rate, um, that's really uh, pushing 85 to 90% of my predicted maximal heart rate, most likely. And that's anaerobic, and that's just not sustainable for an athlete of my caliber for 26.2 miles. <laughs> Maybe a Kenyan, but not me. Even hoping and wishing all that I did, that's not sustainable. So anyway, we start out at 9.06, and then it went 9.14, 9.15. Maybe the bleeding had stopped. Maybe we'll be able to hold 9.15s. So that would be okay. Then it was 9.21, 9.34. That's getting a little scary now because I was having to work for that 9.34. Mile 6, 9.54. Still sub 10, a sub 10, 10, 10 minute uh, mile marathon is 420. Um, except, uh, that's very acceptable uh, for a bad day. Next mile was 10 minutes, then 1006, then 1024. Now we're getting into the um, mediocre marathon range. 1044, be careful, the wheels are falling off. 1035, hang on, hang on. 1040, 1050. Things are turning bad, 11.08, and then we went for 11.27, 11.10, pulled it together a little bit, 10.53, 10 11.23, 11.35, 11.56, 11.55, 12.03, yuck, fells bad, disappointed, everything hurts, 11.20, 11.31, and that's when I decided that, you know, wait a minute, what does hurt? Um, and in the beginning, I just didn't have the pace. Then my lower legs started hurting and my arches were hurting. And so it was clear, I was clearly having some effects of my Newtons. And it's nothing to do with the Newtons. It's me being adjusted to my Newtons. Um, my toes, which I were worried about, were perfectly fine. Uh, it was my ankles and my lower, you know, the lower just above my ankle. And it's, I've never had that before. It wasn't my Achilles. It wasn't in the front. It's on the sides. I never have had that. So I assume it was because I wasn't used to the Newtons. I didn't say anything. I wasn't going to complain about my Newtons because it's my fault I was wearing the Newtons. But I kind of wished I didn't have them on at that point because my lower leg was really starting to, to hurt. After, you know, a long period of time and many miles of kind of being disappointed, I finally realized that, hey, you know, my thighs don't hurt, though. You know, my quads from pounding on these up, and it's a pretty hilly course. It's it rolling hills the whole way. It's a net downhill course, but it's not flat by any stretch of the imagination. But it finally hit me that my quads weren't hurting, and it's like, well, that's a good thing. You know, that I'm running, usually marathons, you know, after a while when you hit your, your, your quads really start to hurt, like somebody's hitting you with a hammer, and it's like, I didn't have that feeling. It's just my lower legs, and they weren't it wasn't horrible. And, and my, uh, you know, and again, my arches, it kind of let up and a, a little bit. And I decided it's like, well, you know, you might as well push a little bit and get this over with. And I got to tell you back during that 12 minute mile period of time, I never got warm. And I was a little concerned that if I did walk, I get really cold. And, um, I had flashbacks of Paris and the feeling like I was going to freeze to death, and I, I didn't want any part of that. So I said, you got to keep running. you got to keep running. In the beginning, um, again, um, I was not true to the Galloway run-walk method. I decided, you know, I'm going to run at least the first five, six miles and see what happens. I had changed to doing a 2.30 run and a 15-minute walk in training, that seemed to be okay, so I thought, well, maybe... And then it, even in training, I did a little bit of a five-minute run and a 15-second walk, and I said, well, maybe I'll do that. Things start to go downhill, so I um, 
when the wheels started falling off, which is not really the time to change a plan, but again, I did. Um, I started going five minutes run, 15 seconds walk. Um, things got really bad, 2.30 run, 15 seconds walk. I never varied for that, never walked any more than the 15 seconds. Um, and again, I didn't do that because I was cold. I, I thought, well, if I do any, you know, any um, slower than this, you know, it could get uncomfortably cold. So that was that. Um, and uh, finished uh, 11.02 and then a 9.34 for the last 0.38 miles. Just like all those other people that, you know, oh, I don't have anything left. But then, you know, the last mile, people are cheering and my, uh, there's a thing called a central governor that people talk about that your brain says, oh, it's okay, you're almost done, and then you can go. Uh, so mind over matter uh, released, and I was able to have a nice um, run-in finish. So clearly my tank wasn't completely drained. Um, it just, there was just dirt in the tank, more than anything, I think. So, um yeah, I ran about 82% of my predicted maximum heart rate. I My nutrition, I took gels. I took the gels every three miles. I felt good about that. I didn't get sick at my stomach. I never felt like I was low on energy or sleepy or anything like that. I just um, just didn't have didn't didn't have the chutzpah to, to get to go any faster. And you know, I think I again, I was anaerobic. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't keep up. Uh, I was forced to slow down because I just couldn't. Even though I was taking in fuel, I couldn't access it quick enough to make myself go. So, takeaways. I like my New- Newtons. I used to play golf, and in golf, if you if you ever play golf and you you know people putt and, and people, my dad used to change putters all the time, and you got to like the looks of your club. If you look down, and you don't like the looks of them, you're never going to play good golf. And it's kind of that way in shoes, you know. You got to like the looks of them, and the Newtons are really cool, hot 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 pink and blue and yellow soles. I mean, they're really they look fast. Um. My toes were good. Again, uh, no blisters at all, but those arches and lower legs just because of the way you hit on these lugs. Uh, and um, again, my legs, were, my legs were good. I just needed a little bit of um, more practice in, in the Newtons. Uh, would have been very helpful. So I'm not rolling them out. Um, I'm, I'm not rolling them out for a, another marathon. I'm going to keep running in them. Uh, obviously trail, I'll go to trail shoe. I'll probably go to my ultra trail shoes just because they are so comfy, but I'm not rolling the Newtons out for more road races. Um, next week I'm having an interview. Uh, I'm going to post the interview with Doug Graham from 801010. But while I was traveling to Sacramento, I, um, I, I reread his books and read another one of his book. And, uh, I decided that after the race, I was going to do fruit. Um, they have a lot of things that aren't plant-based. They do have fried potatoes, which I guess I could have said were okay for me, um, since I ran a marathon, but I elected to do two giant bowls of fruit and they had some granola. I put some of that on there too, but mainly I had two giant bowls of fruit and a glass of orange juice and a coffee to warm up, and um, then we went on our merry way, went back and, and showered, and I got to tell you, it's the best recovery I've had. Um, I felt good, um, you know, a little achy that night, a little buzzy, uh, but uh, in the legs, but, you know, recovered. Today is um, day four, 
past the post marathon and I, I went for a run today and felt felt good. Legs don't have a lot of endurance in them, but uh, no soreness. I could do some squats. You know, I just started back doing my squats again, air squats and mobility things. So that I, I really attribute to getting that good glucose load right after the marathon in. So that was that was really, really good. Um you know, I was I was disappointed in my time. Um, you know, the worst thing about a marathon is there's no take backs. Um, it's 26 miles. It's not like you can go say, "Well, I'm going to do it again tomorrow and see how I do." You know, you've you've got to wait for another one. So you kind of you know you make your play and you, you got to kind of live with it. And to look back on things, um, you know, most people have races and they put them in priorities you know your a race of the year you train towards that and you might have some tune-up races leading into it but you have an a race um i really didn't do that i mean in my head cim is always an a race because i like it and it's a marathon the rest of them are trails and we go slower but i didn't train for an a race um and you know that's 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 pretty stupid um you know, in and of itself, I, uh, I, I should have thought things through more. I got cocky. I thought that my endurance, because we're doing all this running, was good, and I could pull something off that I really hadn't trained for. Um, so I was, you know, I was, we've been training to run, but not training to race. And the good news is it was a good less than desirable results. So a bad race for me in past races could have been over five hours. So the fact that was 441, that was good. So it was a good, bad result. Um, It was probably a good time for the lack of specific training that I had done. Pretty much ran a race that I, you know, I thought before I started when I'm training, I, you know, I thought to myself on several of the 15 mile runs that I think I could run a pretty easy 430 to 445 marathon, um, just based on how we were running and training, which is what we did. Um, you know, I, I thought that would be easy, you know, but again, to pull off the better race, you've got to, you know, the splits need to be good An ideal race. You would like to go faster the second half, or at least the same speed, the second half as the first, you don't want to be um, you know, slowing down like the Energizer bunny on bad batteries as you go. That's not the, not the way to go. But, you know, uh, all in all, um, given COVID and the race cancellations we've had, it's hard to put your money on a race that might get canceled. It got canceled last year. So I think that we're happy to run. Um, you know, if we got to run, yay. Um, it's certainly great to get to go on a vacation, but, uh, it, like I said, it wasn't something I put my heart and soul into train for. I think it, again, I'm happy that I'm getting stronger, not weaker. Um, even though I'm not, didn't, you know, didn't show it in as far as speed goes. This is a hard race and that it's not flat. It's net downhill, but there's a lot of rolling hills. And again, we don't really specifically train on those. This is also a race that a lot of good runners come to. Um, when you look at the age group, uh, 40 to 45, there were 49 women. Um, in the um, age group of 50 to 54 um, men, there were 301, 50 to 59, 152 women. 
Um, there was 102 women in 60 to 64 age group, 65 to 69, 38, 70 to 74. Um, there was 12, 75 to 79, age three, 80 plus two people. Um, there was one male in the 80 plus age group. There was uh, nine men in the 75 to 79 age group. There were 75 men in the 65 to 69 group. So there's a lot of older running, uh, older racers compared to, you know, some of the other races that we've done recently where, you know, we've been at the top of the age group. Um, the woman that uh, is a fabulous runner that won my age group, and I, she may have even set an age group record, uh, did two, four, two hours and 45 minutes. Uh, makes me look even worse. Uh, she is a track coach, so I'll give her that. But um, nevertheless, uh, fabulous runner. Can't take that away from her. So I, you know, I kind of expect to do a personal best without having a plan, um, and I just winged it. And that's really a not a smart way to to train and to go into a race. Um, and I. You know, I started thinking about it today and, again, looking at um, um, this in comparison to, you know, nutrition and nutrition plans. And it's not much different than, you know, you get from having a mediocre diet and expect mediocre results. Um, uh, You know, people that do a diet of moderation and they can't figure out why things aren't getting much better. It's kind of like my race, you know. It's like if I just, you know dial it in and wing it and it, you know I didn't set the word on fire so I, I think that um, you know it, it really comes back uh, I hope that I can remember and learn from it I, I seem to learn things the hard way most often um, I always tell people I can I can count my really good races my really well executed races probably on one hand um, I'm thankful to be able to have the opportunity to race and to go to the marathons and finish and be healthy and feel good right now. But if uh, I really want to do well, just like in nutrition, I, um, I need to set myself up with a plan and ex- um, assess the plan as I go and adjust and decide um, on the start line what is really realistic and stick with it. Um, I know I want a negative split I, um, or be even split, so I need to set myself up for success. I guess I'm always afraid that I'm going to leave something in a tank and finish feeling so good that I wish I would have gone faster. It's not happened yet, but it could. Uh, but that's part of what makes me, you know, lose it at the start line. You know, I get uh, the start line excitement. Seabiscuit had the same problem. That's why they call me Seabiscuit. Um you know, so winning the, you know, winning or having the perfect day without the perfect training is kind of like winning the lottery. It, you know, it doesn't happen very often and maybe doesn't happen at all. So, uh, I think that's a lot like, again, um, if you think about nutrition plans, if you just kind of go through it and, you know, phone it in, so to speak, uh, you'll get that result. Uh, I know a lot of people that have, you know, done various plans over the years and measured and weighed things. And then they get to the point where I got this. I've been on so many diets. I know about what a cup is. I know about what half a cup is. I know about how many calories this is. I know about what I ate. And when you know about or kind of or not too much of, um, pretty much results in just what I did. Uh, You get a mediocre result. So um, 
maybe that's my way of educating myself. Um, and, uh, you know, again, I guess I can say to all those people out there that are struggling nutritionally, it's not that easy, is it? Uh, the best intentions or the best wishes. My grandmother used to say, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. Um, so, you, you know, pick yourself up and, and start again. We have a 50-mile race in February. It looks like I better make a training plan. It looks like I better stick to it uh, if I don't want it to hurt really bad. Um, again, the good news is it's all time on your feet and it's all adding up to fitness and, uh, we had a great time, but if I, if I want to do, uh, better, I'm going to have to put a little bit more, uh, organized effort into the plan. So that was my very, very long winded race report for the California international marathon. Um, and so we'll be, um, you know, again, uh, going through the holidays and trying to all rev things up slowly the other way and uh, continue to, to, to pick up the running. We're having our um, holiday Christmas potluck with our nutrition classes next week, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, Addie Delaney Meinrich and Caleb are coming into town uh, for that, so that'll be great. Our registered dietitian will be in town. And uh, probably going to go to a bowl game because the University of Houston is headed to, jeez, uh, I don't know them. Sorry, Nathan, I don't know the name of the bowl, but it's out in um, um, Alabama, and they're playing Auburn. So there's a lot of good things to look forward to. Uh, we're going to get our holiday cooking uh, on board. I think it's going to be really exciting to talk to uh, and, and share. I already did talk to him, but share the, the um, podcast uh, I did with uh, Doug Graham next week. Um, we're going to, um, it'll be, it'll be very interesting. It's, it's actually, uh, made me think about my own nutrition plan and I'm going to change things up for my own nutrition a little bit. I, I think that, uh, we can all learn and evolve, uh, every day can get a little bit better. Um, so lots of things to look forward to. If you'd like to learn more about our practice, both online and as a full member, you can go on over to drdelaney.com, D-O-C-T-O-R-D-U-L-A-N-E-Y, and learn about what our practice is about. Uh, you can email me at jamie at drdelaney.com. Um, not only is a 50-mile race um, scheduled for February, but March will be another marathon. I'll be pacing uh, some of our members um, for their first or second marathon. We'll be back there uh, with them and uh, cheering them on, helping them to perhaps pace themselves better than I pace myself. Um, you know, do as I say, not as I do, perhaps. Um, so that'll be good. If you'd like to join us, it is the Treasure Coast Marathon in Stewart, Florida. It's a beautiful marathon in March. So we'd love to see you. If you're interested in having some accountability, you can go to the Plant-Based Striders on Facebook and join that group. Uh, I'm on there and post some, but we have some great members that post some of their their runs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of a lot of our members that have taken up running, um, despite some of my fiascos. I hope I don't scare anybody away, but... Uh, we have several um, people in the mar that are running marathons, half marathons, getting ready to do their half first half marathon, their first full marathon. Um, you know, I, I'd like to um, give a shout out to Becky. Um, I'll not say your last name because 
I didn't ask for permission, but uh, Becky uh, has lost a tremendous amount of weight and said she'd never be a runner. She might be a walker, and she's training for a half marathon. Um, and she, now people know her as the runner around her town. Uh, we have Ann in the practice who's done uh, several half marathons, and, and we have um, you know, several other people that are, again, training for things that they never thought they would train for. So it's you're never too old to start training. You're never too old to get better. And I hope you're never too old to learn. I'm, no, I'm sure you're never too old to learn. Um, and I'm going to keep running and keep trying to learn and uh, maybe paying attention, maybe may pay more attention to my own uh, advice a little bit. Um, but uh, I really do appreciate um, all the effort that everyone puts in. Uh, it's, a, it's a great practice. Our registered dietitian um, Addie Delaney Miners uh, is also doing the 12 Days of Christmas um, uh, Wellness Challenge with some strength training. Uh, she's doing her own uh, strength training uh, program herself, and her ability to lift weights has increased markedly. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all good. I hope that you uh, have a healthy, happy uh, holiday season. Stay true to your nutrition. Remember to keep your eye on the ball and what you want your outcome to be and work your plan um, because uh, it'll turn out much better that way. So I'm told. No, it will. I promise. So thank you for listening to this long-winded race report. Um, I'll be back with, again, Dr. Doug Graham next week to talk all nutrition and how a raw 80-10-10 diet might be something you might want to incorporate into your future as well. Thanks for listening. Good night.